great, great morning, everybody. Great, great morning. My partner Caleb is not here today, so it's just gonna be. Oh, he. Oh, Caleb, what's up, man? How you doing? I'm always here. You just don't always know. Oh yeah, yeah. Always, always there. It's always there. Love it, love it, love it, love it. How you doing, man? How's your week been? Um, a little bit, a little bit crazy. You know, it's it's almost uh, it's almost D Day, and I got a couple of things I got to get taken care of. But um, overall, it's going very well. How's it going with you? Almost, dude. Are you? Is that? What are you drinking on the drive this morning, dude? That's a sparkling water, Coop. <laughs> sparkling water, lemon. Oh, Kirkland got it. Signature. Got it. Got it. Love it. Love it. Love it. No, I'm uh, I'm good over here, man. I'm great. Um, like uh, the calm before the storm is slowly starting to not be calm anymore. Um, man, it's crazy, dude. It's crazy right now. I'm not even gonna lie. It's uh. It's slowly starting to ramp up, but like the ramp up is not slow. If 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 you get what I'm trying to say, um, no, I'm busy man, busy, busy, busy. Uh family's doing good, great, can't complain. Um, we're almost to D Day, but not as close as you guys. Um, yeah, you guys are next month, actually, aren't you? Dude, it's like thirty some days. You ready? Are you ready, bro? Well, you're never really ready. Yeah, at this moment, I'm definitely not ready. Um, but I, I never will be. Correct? Um, I was gonna ask you, like, so for me, for, with our first, like Bray, it like you feel the kicks and like everything, but like for me, I didn't really like fully grasp the magnitude until like I did skin to skin with her, and like I held her, and like I was like, oh crap, like okay like this is a a creature this is a thing like she's here <laughs> you know like for the i feel like for the wife it's like she can feel her right like it's in her like she gets it like i feel like yeah. for me at least it was just like it didn't hit me until i saw her out i don't know if you're if you're kind of the same i feel like you might be the same way uh, i have been that way up until about like three days ago or i'm really it's starting to get closer and closer and I'm starting to realize I'm running out of time to get a few things done, like actually running out of time. Right. And that's where I'm like, Oh, this is going to be very different. <laughs> so, so basically what, what you're saying is like, I don't know if, if you ever realized like Coop was trying to tell you like, hey, it's a different, it's different. And like, you kept like, Oh no, we'll, We'll be good, Coop. Like, yep, yep. Is it slowly starting to sink in a little bit? It's still will be good, Coop. It's always. Oh, it's always. I know good. you. It, it'll yeah, always I'm, be good. Yeah, I'm good. But life is always different, though, when you're not on your clock anymore. I'm just saying. Yeah, that's the thing. I've been on my clock. I'm I'm an outdoor cat. Oh, yeah, for sure. I've been, always will be. And I'm going to have to be a domesticated animal for, you know, the next 10 years at least. Well, I would say three months. I mean, three months, you know, whatever. Then sure. you can, I mean, you don't need to be a homebody, just which I know you won't be a homebody, but no, y'all, y'all be good. Y'all be good. Um, no, man, but it's great, man. Can't complain. Um, are yes. you April? Are you April? You guys? March, end of March. March. But 
she'll she'll probably be mid March because she usually comes like two weeks. I think she was a week early with Cash and then two weeks early with Bray. I remember. So yeah, if if it's any like I just pray I just pray y'all have a fast delivery. Um because it's not fun being in a long one. Like I, we we've been blessed. Lindsay usually is like in and out maybe like five, six hours total. And like ba- like babies here. Um you hear the other side, like people that have been in labor for like days or like like 24 hours that's not yeah you hear the stories you hear the stories man so but no i can't wait man pump for you guys man so um man what else is new in the world man almost end of the you got your 2022 goals bro nope (laughs) nope uh baby that's like be right now like that's the on the my goals right now fill two units and put a car seat in Shauna's car. That's love like my, my top three right now. Love it, love it, love it, love it, love it. Awesome, awesome. Keep them, keep them simple, bro. Keep them simple. I love it. Um, yeah, it's gonna be a new year coming up. Uh, don't forget, Muhammad Fresh is gonna be open first quarter next first quarter next year. So, if you're looking for um something to to eat while you're trying to hit those goals. I mean, just first you got to rate, subscribe, leave a review, and then message us. <laughs> you can't get anything accomplished on an empty stomach. Can't, 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 can't. All right, Caleb, done wasting time here. Let's get into this episode. Let's go. Raphael, thanks for joining us tonight, man. I really appreciate it. Awesome, awesome, awesome. Raphael, can you just tell our audience a little bit more about who you are, what you do, and why you do what you do. I appreciate you guys. Uh, excited about this and uh, look forward to it. See if I can bring something of value to you guys and uh, the audience. Uh, yeah, I mean, pretty much on the bio, uh, it's pretty much it. It's not much to it. Like I said, I was born in Mexico, uh, brought to the United States at the age of seven. I've uh, been here ever since in the small town in Marshall, Texas. It's Marshall, Texas is about two hours east of Dallas, if you're not familiar with the Texas area, um, father of two beautiful girls, uh, Gracie and Everly, and uh, still working the W-2 job uh, with a crazy work schedule out there. And I'm trying to do uh, the investing on the side, uh, cater to the um, small multifamily at the moment. Um, How'd you get uh, into that, Rafael? Uh, uh, real estate? Yeah, yeah. Real estate in general and then... You know, how did it lead you to multifamily? Yeah, it's a, it's it's probably one of the common things that people read that book. And I'm pretty sure you guys know what book I'm talking about. Uh, the Rich Dad, Poor Dad book. Um, <laughs> it's pretty much how, how it went. You know, I was working at my job and uh, I, I started getting into reading. So I started reading a, a book called uh, by uh, what's his name? Uh, T- Tony Robbins, I think, Awaken the Giant Within. Uh, more of a personal development books. And then I had a friend and he just handed me that book, Rich Dad, Poor Dad. So I just started reading it. It kind of made sense at the time. And uh, yeah, and then like uh, I heard something on the radio or it was either on social media that they were going to have an event close to town that Rich Dad was going to be there himself and whatnot. So I went to the event (laughs) 
and Rich Dad, uh, uh, Robert Kiyosaki wasn't there. They were actually pitching you a program that they were offering, of course. So yeah, I ended up taking that course. Uh, that was like a three-day course, a weekend. And uh, yeah, and then that course, they were pitching you another coaching program. And uh, I ended up getting on the coaching program, which uh, it was it was kind of expensive. Uh, but at the same time, I felt that uh, if I was going to take the leap and spend that money, uh, I needed to make my money back because I spent the the money there. So that's kind of how I forced myself to get into real estate and kind of just jumped into it. You know, in your bio, it said that you you own um, some properties. Um, can can you just like so? What was it like when you came across your your first deal? Yeah, it's a lot to process for me right there. Uh, yeah, when when I was in the program, it was just kind of like reaching out to uh, realtors around your town or whatnot. So that, that's what I started doing. I found a realtor that I that I still use to this day. So I contacted him, see if he had anything, and I ended up lending across a five unit uh, apartment. And uh, that ended up being the first deal that I purchased. And uh, and that's how it started. Kind of put myself out there and just jumped in without even knowing. If I look back uh, at that deal, I was like, man, I probably wouldn't buy it now. But, you know, that deal taught me so much that, you know, I think every deal you learn something and it kind of prepares you for the next deal or whatever you have going on. But uh, that was pretty much it on that. What was some of your biggest barriers to getting started? Uh, pretty much the capital. It's always been capital, you know, because you're purchasing an investment property. Uh, they're requiring 20% down. So on that first property, I ended up uh, borrowing against my uh, 401k. So I ended up using that money to to purchase that first deal. So my mistake there was I was trying to purchase the deal with me not having no money, right? So this deal needed some work and I know it needed work and uh, about 30 to 50 a thousand to be put into it. And I didn't have none of that. You know, I barely had enough for the down payment. So the learning lesson there was just, you know, you might want to have money before you kind of jump into something like that or have reserves and whatnot. Uh, but uh, like I said, you know, you learn pretty much on that end. Can we, okay, that's, that's, that's a great point. I want to, I want to touch on that real quick, Raphael. So, I love, I love, I love the advice. I, I, I love the advice, but I'm sure you're at a, a place now and Caleb will agree that s- sometimes though, like if you wait till you have all your ducks in a row, you never take the jump. Um, And, and not, and again, what you said is great. Like, obviously, like if you're going to jump into real estate, like, or do anything you want to have um, reserves. Um, so I get, so my question to you is, um, what was, what was going through your, like your mind? Like, okay, you know, you didn't have a lot of money to put, um, you know, put 50, 60 K into this property. So like knowing that you were running tight already, like what was going through your mind? It was kind of like a sink or swim type of deal. (laughs) You know, because yeah, 
pretty much that's how it was. It's it, it was pretty cool, honestly. I learned a lot. I think with that one, it was a they had a property manager that that the owner had at the moment. So, and at first, I was scared of confrontation. You know, it's like oh, five units. Oh, yeah, I got five residents that I need to take care of. I'm gonna be dealing with people. You know, what if they don't pay? What you know, a bunch of what ifs. You know, so I was scared of that. I'm a more of an introvert type of guy, and as far as confrontation came, like you know, what what do I you know, kind of seeing issues that weren't there that I was already putting in my head. Um, but all that aside, you know, it, it all came down to like, well, I already spent the money for that program. So I better get something out of that program, you know, so I'm buying this property. So I better make this work because, I mean, it was I was already in. So I needed to figure it out. And uh, pretty much I think that's how it's been on on everything. It's kind of like you're throwing yourself out there and kind of figuring out as you go. I know it sounds like bad advice, but <laughs> at the same time, <laughs> yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah, go ahead. No, yeah, what I was going to say, I mean, you pretty much hit it dead on. As far as, like, if you wait to the perfect time, there's really not going to be a perfect time. So you just have to go in and and uh, figure it out as you're going. You know, real estate, it, it, you can make it harder, you can make it easy. It just depends who you surround yourself with or who uh the the peers you talk to or whatnot or who you're following or what what is the outcome that that you're wanting out of this venture that you're trying to go into like what is it that you want and try to put yourself in the presence of the people that are doing it and it kind of gives you that confidence to keep on kind of doing what you're doing and kind of going back and forth to the people that are doing what you want to do and uh, just you don't go back and forth trying to figure out how you can do it in your current situation because if you don't do anything you're never going to do anything right oh no it's per no it's 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 perfect advice and i and i and I, I wanted you to talk through that because um you know depending on who's listening like someone might hear that okay well i need to wait till i have reserves like well you know fit like okay you you need to save up 50 60k like well like, how long is that going to take you Right, like it's gonna, you know, I mean, if, if I know for me personally, that that would take me some time to save up that much to have put aside. Granted, nothing goes wrong in my life; I don't touch that money at all, you know. And, and so, I I think I think it's perfect advice and like seeing that. Hey, you don't need to have it all figured out before you take the jump. You know, it 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 sounded like you you had the commitment. You know, you you went to the classes, um, you invested in your ed education, and you you took the jump. You know, and so I I, th I think there's 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 definitely stuff in there that people can can hear and, and take out, which 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 is great. Do you, it's, uh, Raphael? So is it just the the five units that you have, or do you have other properties? Uh yeah, I have a couple other properties uh, from that five unit. It kind of like uh, I've been doing it for four years. So uh, every four, every year I purchase a property. I think with this one, I developed a relationship with a realtor and I ended up getting a, a foreclosure, which was a duplex uh, the following year. So I purchased that. Um, and uh, how I got that deal, I ended up refinancing that five unit. I had a little bit of equity in it and then I was able to use that for a down payment to get me to the duplex so that's how i came up with money for that one since you know i really didn't have all that money 
Did you learn those strategies when you're in the course or did you have, did your realtor kind of help you figure some of those things out, the cash out refis? Uh, I think it was the course and then uh, the books that I was reading at the time. Uh, my, my realtor, I, I'm more of the, on the creative side of finance and now the creative side of the deals now, because that duplex ended up leading to uh, eight unit. And, and then again, it was like a, a year after that. And then again, I didn't have enough money for the down payment. So I'm over here trying to struggle to either get money from family, you know, so they can invest on the deal as well um, to purchase this property. So I ended up purchasing an eight unit apartment. I ended up going to uh, I used my realtor. Uh, at, he he was friends with them because they owned a lot of properties here in town and they wanted to get rid of a property. And uh, I was I purchased it through them for owner financing. And uh, the way I got into the deal was 10% down and I uh, ended up my contractor invested uh, to pay the full down payment and for the rehab. So he financed all that for me. And then I was going to pay back whenever I refinanced the deal to pay him out. So pretty much, uh, yeah, on that one, when I cashed out, I paid the a contractor back his money, his profit. And also I was in the deal with uh, none of my money on that particular deal. There's a lot of creative stuff going on that it's, it's stuff that you know it's kind of like when you're trying to figure out how to make it work you got to find a way you know because i'm like i can't go to the bank my debt to income is too high and uh, i can't right. really do it on myself uh so i just had to figure out you know look into the, the creative financing side of things because that's how i felt i would be able to get deals just by myself um, but yeah, and then going through all this is kind of making me, you know, go the syndication route or be able to look for bigger deals like 30 units or a hundred units. Uh, when you get to deals like that, then you're able to bring on, you know, sophisticated investors and create a syndication and kind of more of a, you have all the money up front. Basically you're not using the cash flow from the property to, to do the rehabs and all that, which is a bad idea as well. <laughs> uh, the he, well the the owner did, you know, uh, the purchase price, you know, one hundred fifty five thousand, and then uh, I had to put ten percent down. So I went to my contractor, and then the contractor was able to pull put that money up for me, which was I believe it was about fourteen fifteen thousand, uh, and then with closing costs and all that. So I used his money to get into the deal. Then uh, on this eight unit it was two buildings they both had flat roofs uh supposedly uh the roof had been recoded since it was a flat roof and uh well that's what i was told you know that's i messed up i really didn't inspect the roof i really didn't know much about roofs so i kind of took their word on it uh, a couple months down the road you know we get a bunch of rain or whatnot so the roof is leaking you got water in the in the units you got tenants calling you that water's coming down the walls so, uh, yeah, and then I went back to the contractor because he's a roofer as well. So uh, he ended up doing the roof for both buildings and I didn't have money to <laughs> to pay for it. So then again, uh, we worked out something where he financed the deal and I proposed how he was going to get his money back and and whatnot. Yeah, yeah. Love it. So let's go back now. Um, this is this is this is a great story. So. You bought these. You bought an eight unit. It sounds like I'm gonna guess it was a f two fourplexes. 
Okay. Yep. And so um, you took the word f- from the owners that the you know roofs were okay, um, and they weren't. Um, and st- some rains came, like it's leaking. You're getting calls from tenants. Um, you are basically giving us like probably the worst, probably one of the worst scenarios that that can happen in real estate. But like, can we just talk about like why didn't Raphael like, okay, I'm I'm not doing this anymore. Like this is too much. Um, like what made you like? Okay, yep, I'll call the contractor up. We'll fix it. Um, you know, I'll, I'll deal with these issues. Like what, what makes you want to deal with all that stuff? Yeah. It's not like I want to deal with it. Right. You know, <laughs> it's kind of like, man, you know, you have to, because I like what, what real estate has taught me is like when your back's against the wall, it's pretty much, you, you have to figure it out. You know, you, you're not just going to let the roofs leak or whatnot, even though you're at a, of, of money. So you you, you kind of get creative. You start looking for your options. You know, okay, who do I know? Who can help me out? Uh, and it's also good to to create, develop relationships in the real estate world. Or it doesn't matter with who, you know, because you never know when you're going to need them. And always be a good person to everybody because uh, I think your personality and how you are kind of, you know, if, if, if I, let's say the contractor didn't trust me, you know, he wouldn't have done that for me. So, so it always goes back to, you know, how you treat people and how you are with people uh, since this business is a people business. So, um, but yeah, going back to your question, it's kind of like one of those things we have to figure it out. And to me, it was kind of like the first property, the first year that I was doing it, I was getting all kinds of issues with that five unit. So I think one of the turning points there was when all these problems were coming to me and then you have, you know, work life, then you have family life and then you have this, you know, real estate stuff going on as well. You know, it's kind of like, uh, you know, problems are going to occur. So it's, we have to kind of be ready for them because every time when like my phone ring or I get a text from a tenant, like I'm already thinking the worst, like, oh man, what, what happened now? You know, what do I have to do now? So that was a negative experience. So now it's like, whenever I do, it's like, I'm already ready for it. Like, okay. Like I already have it figured out how it's going to get it fixed. What are the steps? And it kind of eases my mind and it kind of helps me sleep a, at night a little bit better. You definitely, you definitely get, uh, you get better at it over time, right? Like oh, yeah, your first definitely. day as a landlord to now, you, you'll handle situations a whole lot differently. Um, I'm going to get my questions in now, Coop, if that's cool. Uh, well, you've been chilling, bro. So I was just like, take the rock, put up 50 points, and then see what happens, you know? I just, I was just going to rewind to when, when you took the class, um, I'm sure there was a big section on setting goals and finding out your why. And I was oh, curious, yeah. what has changed in your mindset and in your goals from when you took that class to now, like where you're at now and and maybe has your why changed at all? Uh, yeah. I and mean, that's actually a good question. Uh, when it comes to that, that's a good question. <laughs> Very good question, man. Um, yeah, you kind of, uh, I went off track on that one. Uh, 
Yeah, like uh, the, you said, talking about the goals, what you said at the beginning, you know, when whenever we started setting goals, we set them too small. I think uh, at, at that time, at the time that I was setting the goal because they were gave us this thing that we needed to set our goals. Uh, I was trying to make, you know, 3000 per month off a of rental uh, income. And I think we had figured out that I needed 10 properties or 10 units. So at the time that was like, oh, yeah, I'll get that in, in three years. But, you know, it, everything kind of trickled down. You know, we're in year four and now have 30, 33 units. But, you know, people say, you know, when and enough is enough, right? It, it just depends your outcome. And my why was basically just escape that W-2 job that I have. I mean, nothing against the job or whatnot. It's just not for me. You know, it's not my environment. You know, me being in there for 12 hours a day, it's not how I want to how I want to spend my life. Uh, so I figured with real estate, it's kind of uh, having your own business and then real estate is going to provide you that that cash flow, those assets, assets that are going to produce money for you to have that financial freedom, have that time, time for your family and time for you to just be more relaxed, you know, because, you know, uh, you know, we're, we're going to die someday. Right. So we never know when. So if we spend our time just working and working at a W-2 job we hate, it's just, you know, you're going to look back and, and hate yourself for doing that. My my que- my question, my next question, Raphael, is like, so when did that switch flip for you to start looking at, you know, I, I don't know if it was real estate right away or or to look at doing something else to to help you escape? from corporate yeah yeah um i think it just happened because i i I was working five six days and uh, or i was i was home on saturdays and and i was going to lowe's home depot every saturday (laughs) so it was kind of like uh i was like man this is starting to become a routine you know it's kind of like i don't have nothing else going for me and i had been working at 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 the w2 for about seven years and uh, i was comfortable you know I had my family, had the house and I'm just chilling on Saturday and I'm just, you know, it was, I was, I was looking for more. So I was like, I got to figure out different ways to, to make money. I had to find ways to, you know, to grow, to grow as a person, to grow as a man. And, uh, and then that's why I started reading those personal development books. And then somehow or another ended up with the, uh, the rich dad, poor dad. And then that started talking about real estate. So I started looking into real estate. So whenever I found that that out, I just went for it. Uh, pretty much that's how I went, you know. It, I was comfortable where I was at, and I felt like I was too young to be comfortable just chilling, going to to Lowe's and Home Depot, spending money that you don't need, right? I mean, spending money that you don't have. Sure, sure. What What was your favorite part of that book, or maybe your favorite memory of reading that book? Uh, the, the Rich Dad Poor Dad. I just basically the book is a simple read. It, it just kind of speaks on the fact that, um, you know, it seems like Robert's against schools and what they teach your kids and whatnot. And it's something simple as far as, you know, the, that we have to have assets to produce money, cash flow or whatnot. You know, and it has a, the four quadrants and uh, it just depended on what side you wanted to be on. So what I took from that is, you know, you know, what is an asset? You know, I, I got to figure out how to how to purchase an asset. And that would be, you know, real estate. Mm-hmm.
Can we, can we, uh, so you own, you said you own 33 properties? Uh, yeah. Yeah. No, not 33. It's a 33 units. Uh, after that eight unit, I ended up purchasing a 18 lot mobile home park. And, uh, that, those, I count those parking spots as units. <laughs> yep. Can we talk from the, the day you read Rich Dad, Poor Dad up until you closed on that 18 unit, uh, mobile home park? What was the time frame, roughly? Uh, about four years. Yeah, four years. Something into the portfolio. <laughs> every every year. Love it. So, so has um, so that's awesome. So basically, you've brought, bought a property every year, basically, or brought some type of real estate every. Yeah. Awesome. Awesome. What um. So I'm sure like fear always shows up, right? Fear always shows up. Um, Can you talk to, you know, when you first approached that five unit, I'm sure there was fear there. Like, how did you deal with it on that, that first deal? And how does that now look like when you're purchasing a 18 unit? Oh man, you guys are asking good questions. Uh, just... <laughs> you hear that, Caleb? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that was pretty good, Coop. That was pretty good. That was pretty good. Yeah, yeah, that's pretty good. Yeah, as far as fear comes, it's just like I don't want to sound like I'm repeating it again. It's kind of like you have to figure it out. It's like whenever I was scared of the confrontation with tenants because I'm thinking the worst of tenants. So it's like it all comes down. It's like you have to create systems. That's how I think now. It's, you have to have systems of how you uh, filter in the good tenants, the bad tenants. And, uh, you know, and, and people people are people. You know, if you treat them right, I mean, they're going to respect your property and they're going to treat you good. Um, and that's pretty much it on that. But when it comes down to to the fear side of things, I think with anything new, you're going to have a little bit of fear in it. And then all it takes is for for you just to go ahead and, and do it and then just figure it out as you go. For example, me being on podcast, I had a little bit of fear because I was like, I've never done this, whatever. Uh, but I put myself out there and I, I'm trying to do it. So it's, we we are learning as, you know, learning and growing. And and how I am now, like purchasing that 18 lot mobile, mobile home park, it's more about systems now. It's more, uh, I feel like it's more, everything's more stable. Because when something does happen, I already have something like a system in place for it. And I think that's all it comes down to is the systems you have in place. That way, whenever you do decide to step away and have somebody else run it for you or bring somebody else on board, which is something that I need to do, you know, kind of free me up to to look for more deals um, is just having the systems in place and having uh, another person come in so you can implement that. And have them work there. So I know you have. You said you have two daughters. Are you married as well? Uh, yeah, we've been together. How did that go with you know your partner in, in marriage? You know, starting this journey and and saying, hey, like I want to do this. <laughs> yeah, about that. No, she's uh, she's always been on board. She just she kind of trusts me as far as uh, with the financing and all that stuff that that whole that goes behind it. I mean, she's always had uh, my back with it. 
she really doesn't have a, uh, you know, kind of, she's like, Hey, you, I know you're going to figure it out, you know, go ahead and, you know, mm-hmm. and I start talking to her about like, Hey, I saw this property. This is the numbers. And she's kind of like, yeah, yeah. Sounds, sounds fun. Sounds exciting. I mean, she's like, <laughs> you know what you're doing kind of, you know, she's, she's on board, but she's not, you know, kind of in the business. She'll help every now and then, but you know, she just lets me do me, I guess. But so, so you built that trust with her, you know, obviously previous to this. And, yeah. And, and so that foundation was there to when you wanted to make this move, you know, she had mm-hmm. your back, you know, so it's probably something you earned earlier is what I'm hearing. Yeah, pretty much. Uh, I hope I did earn it earlier and still have it, but at the. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> Yeah, but you know it's it's very important you know to have your spouse, uh, your wife on board as well because you know when times do get tough, uh, I mean you know she's going to be there trying to help you out, trying to clear your mind. Um, but it's always good to have that one person on board because I, I I always think you know what if she wasn't on board you know it's kind of like you know it wouldn't be a, a good uh, relationship or whatnot. It would create more problems if anything. Totally. Now, do you have plans to? sell any of your properties or are you going to keep using the piggy bank method with them and keep growing? Uh, pretty much. Uh, yeah. Buy and hold, just keep them as long as I can. Um, and if somebody is trying to purchase you know, I'll set a price and if the price is right, we'll, we'll be, I'll sell. <laughs> but the, at the time right now, it's, uh, uh, I want to hold as long as I can and just kind of, so I can go ahead and quit my job and just focus on that uh, full time. Totally. Totally. And have you set a, a date where you're going to no longer have that W-2? Uh, I'm giving myself another year. Uh, I said two years. So this is we're down one year. So I, I figure another year or so. So the goal is right now, the income that I'm making from the W-2 is I'll be saving it, you know, kind of giving me a nest egg. And I could go the route where I'm like, you know, kind of you know, screw it. I'll, I'll just quit tomorrow. But, you know, I have a family that I need to look out for as well. So, you know, just having that safety net and uh, continue to look for properties this coming up year. And uh, that's why I want something a little bit larger, like I said, 30 to 100 unit. Uh, and that'll give me enough uh, cushion. I feel that, that I can be like, OK, I'm gonna do this full time. And then uh, since I manage my own properties, I'll take somebody else on board to to help me manage as well. Thirty-three is a lot. Go ahead, Coop. I love. I love. No, just I was just gonna add in there, Raphael. I I admire you because, um, you know, and 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 Caleb too. Like, you know, I I feel like us as as husbands, right? Like we put ourselves in situations knowing that for us it's not going to be ideal but we know at least it's going to help take care of our family um and and i and i admire that because like you know i'm not going to name any names but you, i mean you guys know some people that like they don't ever want to go the extra mile they don't want to do that it's going to stretch them they're not going to get enough sleep here so so they they don't do anything to make their life for themselves and their family better, right? Putting themselves in those crappy situations. Um, 
So yeah, anytime I anytime I hear that, like you know, you're working a job, you're not too excited about it, but you know it's it's fulfilling its purpose uh, right now for for your family, you and your family, right? Um, so yeah, I, I I admire that, man. I admire that uh, a lot. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, and no, I appreciate that. You know, and it comes it all comes down to you know it's it's who you're doing it for. I mean, for me personally, I'm doing it for for my family, for, for my daughters, uh, to have a better life than what I did, you know, coming up. So, I mean, that's one of the things that I keep in the back of my head is just, you know, who are you doing it for and why are you doing it for? I mean, why are you doing it? So, uh, I mean, family, family is very important to me. So I I think that's why I I am like that kind of keep going forward, put myself in tough situations because at the end of the day, Coop, Caleb, we're going to figure it out. Right. (laughs) Yeah, I, I definitely know who you are, Rafael. Uh, speak, speaking of uh, speaking of your beginnings, um, you know there were advantages and disadvantages of moving in here here when you were seven. But I want I'm curious to hear the advantages of it and re- how it relates to you as an investor now. Like, what are some things from your childhood um, where you see it as a positive? Man, it's another good question. <laughs> yeah. I, the- yeah, it can go both ways, honestly. And, uh, you know, for as an advantage for me is because I was born in Mexico in Mexico, it, it, you know, like a little ranch or no electricity, no nothing like that. So I got to see that side of things. You know, now when I came to the United States, it's it's I'm grateful for everything. You know, I'm, for, I'm grateful for whatever I do have, but I always want more. But I know, you know. Having gratitude for everything does help out a lot. And I look at it as an advantage because, uh, you know, you're you're hungrier for more because of what you didn't have. And now you have a family. So you're trying to provide for your family, you know, stuff that you didn't have. And um, another disadvantage as well to that is, you know, since I was born in uh, Mexico, uh, I ended up uh, I'm here and I'm under the DACA program. I'm not sure if you guys are familiar with that program. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so I'm under that program. So that was another reasons why I started investing in real estate because I was I was not gonna. It, it didn't sit well with me that within any, any point in time when election time comes around that they can get rid of that program, and that's something that you know I'm afraid of because you know if they get rid of that program, I'm not protected as far as you know having a a W two job. So with me, real estate is me finding a way to make money uh, through my company and I have to worry about, you know, what if that day does come, you know, Hey, you're fired because you know, your, your the DACA program ended, uh, your work permit is no longer valid. You know, you as a, the family guy, you know, what are you supposed to do then? Mm-hmm. So that was one, of, that's one of the disadvantages that I have and it could be an advantage as well because that, that just makes you, want more and just just go out there and get it it fuels the fire for sure yep no i I love that i love that um you you so you you just touched on this but i kind of want to ask and uh pick your brain a little bit so it's funny caleb and i were just talking about this you know we're reading the uh the psychology of money uh book right now and uh, they, they talk about, you know, knowing when enough is enough. Um, and 
I'm I'm curious. Your story, I think I've heard like The Rock speak to it um, one time, and like the only other person, and you're the second person I've heard talk about this. But like, you know, I feel like people here in America, for example, they you know they get to a certain point and like, okay, I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna get to this point and I'm just gonna coast, right? I'm I'm just I'm just gonna coast. Now, flip the coin, right? Now, someone um, like like you, Raphael, who who's seen the other, like who's been on the other side, like had no electricity, didn't have much. Coming to America, it, it seems like I don't want to say, if, like from what I'm hearing, it seems like you don't have an end, like when enough is going to be enough. Like you're always pushing, right? And so I'm, I'm asking, is that the case because you've seen what not having enough or more does to people? Yeah, yeah, that's, that's pretty much it. You know, uh, it's kind of like, you know, you're, I think if you're born in the United States, you're kind of, I mean, you already have an advantage, you know, because I mean, you know, who wouldn't want to who wouldn't want to live here? But at the same time, it's easy for somebody just to be content with whatever they do have because they've had an easy life most of their life at the whenever they grew up and their teenage years and their adults. Uh, they had an easy life, so it's it's easy for somebody to be content where they're at and just be happy with what they have and whatnot. You know, and there's nothing against that. You know. But a lot of people that with the kind of the background that they had a tough past and and uh, be able to come to the United States and have that, I guess, luxury of even owning a vehicle, having a nice home or in groceries or or anything simple as that. It kind of just it's like you you want more because, you know, it's kind of like I'm not sure how, how to how to say it. For me, it's never, it's not going to be, enough is not going to be enough, right? Because you're always challenging yourself. You're always going to put yourself in certain situations to put yourself to grow. There's a quote from uh, John D. Rockefeller, who, very, very wealthy man. And someone asked him later in his life, hey, you know, like, how much more money do you need? Um, And he said, just a little bit more. And a lot of, and I think you can look at that in two ways, right? The public, you know, likes to look at it negatively, you know, like, oh, you know, he's greedy, he's this, he's that. Um, And that may or may not be true, but I I like to look at the other side of it too, in that he, you know, money sure is an outcome, but I think he just wanted to keep working on the next project, keep, keep, you know, doing the next thing. And, um, I also was going to say, I definitely agree with, you know, disadvantages and disadvantages of both. Right. And then, mm-hmm. uh, but in your situation, as far as, you know, being born here, being not, but it makes me think of the quote, like, um, hard times create strong men. Right. And then strong men create good times and then good times create weak men and then weak men create, um, uh, bad times. Right. Uh, so, so, I mean, the farther from the bottom that you come up, um, a lot of times can be an advantage um, if you're willing to put in the work to come out of it. Right. Um, and that's a sensitive topic nowadays, but I think you know, the three of us, even our listeners can tell that we're just you know, trying to look at it 
big picture, see both sides. Just to add to the conversation, um, I'm going to take a shot in the dark, Raphael, and say you know Grant Cardone. Yeah. Yep. And um, and uh, he he's got a saying. I don't know if it's his or not, but he you know when it when it comes to money and like you know getting more or you know whatever whatever you want to say. Um, he he talked about watering a plant, right? Like when do you stop watering a plant? Like how green does a plant get before you stop watering? Right. It, it you you never stop watering the plant right? Like you, you're always watering it, growing it, like, you know, until the plant dies, right? Or, you know, whatever that point is. So like, so that's what I tell myself too, is like, I got to keep growing. I got to keep evolving, you know, because when you don't grow and you don't evolve, you become complacent. And then that's when you lose things. Right. And yeah. And so like, no, so I just, I just want to hear, I just want to hear from your perspective. Cause I, you know, and and we're not trying to say that if if you were born in America that you're lazy or anything. Like, there's t- like ton of talented grinders here here in the states. I I guess from my point of view, like I've always, you know, I'm I'm an immigrant too, um, and and so like I've always seen the drive like in immigrants. It just sticks out to me. So I'm I'm always asking them, you know, like what their perspectives are, you know, and so so yeah. Yeah, and then we, we have to get better every day. So uh, it, it's with progress, right? If you get better every day, like 1% better every day, it, it's you're always looking forward to it. Like, I know you guys, you probably work out and whatnot. It's kind of like going to, to the gym. It's, it's you go there to get better. You go there to work on, on you because you're trying to be a better person, be better individual. So that can relate to life as well. Even if you, you say you have everything you need in life, you, you're always going to want something more uh, another some type of progress because for me it's like if i'm not doing anything productive i feel like i'm being unuseful not using my time correctly so it's always like i have to get better no matter at what it is as a father as a husband you have to get better like at one percent a day isn't that the kobe bryant rule i can't remember if that was in one of uh tim grover's books but just you know being one percent better every day. Yeah, something like that. It, yeah, it could, yeah. yeah, I can't. No, I can't say for sure. No, yeah, I've heard it before. I think that's where I stole it from. I'm not sure if it was from Kobe or from somebody else. Right, right, right. Yeah. No, no, we agree. So, so real quick, why don't you give us a little um, kind of insider scoop on what else you're doing to work on your self development, whether it's the gym, reading more books, still. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it, for me, it's the gym and the gym. It's kind of like the meditation hour for me is where you go and work on yourself and then kind of get your thoughts together. And uh, I like going in the mornings and I feel like if you you win the morning, you're going to win the day. Mm-hmm. So that's 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 what helps me get through, you know, the tough situations here in life. And uh, what I have coming up next is, you know, uh, next year, it's I'm really going to target those 30 units to 100 unit apartments. So uh, more of a networking, uh, more of putting myself out there to be able to get that done. And I think a cool. year is plenty of time for me for me to get that done. One day at a time, right? One day at a time. One percent better a day. Huh? Yep. <laughs> so love it. Awesome, awesome, Raphael. If there's any, what piece of advice would you give your 
18 year old self. Oh man. What was I doing when I was 18? <laughs> 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 so a while back. You know, it's kind of, you know, life's going to happen. So is would it find what you like doing and just go after it. Uh, it's going to seem like you're going to climb a mountain, but, it, you know, you just got to go for it. Kind of like go for it and figure out the rest later. Get educated on it as much as you can, but just, just go after it. And, uh, yeah, and just cherish and love your family because at the end of the day, that's what we have is, is family and, and the goals that we set for ourselves. Awesome, awesome. Raphael, this was this was great. Um love love the story. Love love just just loved it, man. Thanks for giving us your time tonight. Um if there's is there a place our followers if they want to see a little bit more, you know, what you're doing, is there a place they can reach out to you at? Uh yeah, probably just Instagram. I think that I'm more uh on Instagram. Uh I think it's Rafael underscore Luna uh, Instagram. And I'm trying to be more uh, out there as well. So I haven't done that yet, but that's one of the goals that I'm trying <laughs> trying to do is be more out there, show people what I'm doing and, uh, you know, help whoever I can. Um, but that's pretty much what I have going on there. People will definitely want to see it. So we're excited. Yeah, definitely. I appreciate you guys. Thank you for your time and uh, look forward to, to meeting y'all one day and or being back on the show. Absolutely. Talking about, talking about the 300 unit that yeah, I've purchased. Yeah, we'll put it on our calendar. It's probably going to be, what, January uh, 2023, right? Yeah, yeah you're going to be like, hey, you quit your job yet? <laughs> <laughs> love it. Love it, love it, love it. Well, Raphael, thank you, man. Appreciate it. Just like, yeah, like, yeah. Hey guys, I appreciate you guys, and uh, I appreciate your time. Thank you. We'll connect. I uh, sure will. Thank you. Another great episode. Episode ninety-two. I forgot to say in the beginning. Is that when you were born? No, dude. I was born in ninety-one. Okay. My goodness gracious. Got to take care of my little young ones out there. <laughs> You're terrible. Um, Raphael Luna. Caleb, thoughts? Um, Raphael's got a great story. Um, I Super cool to hear how he just kept burying and burying and burying. Um, I Probably the biggest thing I resonated with was when he said, you know, I probably wouldn't have bought that first deal now, but I'm glad that I bought it because I learned so much, you know, doing that deal. You know, he took action. That's a big part of kind of, I was just summing up the podcast really fast, you know, figure it out, take action. Um, that, that, I'd leave it at that. What about I mean, you? I mean, no, no, dude, you, you hit it on the head. And that, that was like the, th- like one of the big themes of this episode was like take action right like you you're never gonna have everything figured out like there's always gonna be something that is thrown your way or curb like there's always gonna be something and he like he said it perfectly where he's at now never would have bought that that five plex right but but he's 
he's at where he's at right now because he bought that five plex. So, so like sometimes in life, like you like you have to go through through those experiences to to get to the next level. Right? And like um, the butterfly effect. Yeah. You know, Mr. Norman Leslie said that, you know, like you gotta you gotta go through some of those L's to get you to where you're at now. Exactly. Exactly. You know, and and again, like you know, he, he, he took a class, you know, got educated, you know, and, and like, you know, Caleb brought it up about, you know, setting goals and, and what's your why and, and targets and all these different things. And he said that we set our goals too low. Um, I mean, we all, we all, we all know how I feel about goals and goal setting on this, this podcast, but I mean, if you, if you listen to him and, and again, this is why <clears throat> it's so important to have goals like big enough goals and big whys. So like, yeah, when you're getting that late night call from that tenant or from those units, yeah, it sucks. Like no one wants to get those calls, but hey, I got big goals and a big vision and a big why. Like, yeah, th- this is just a little bump on the road to where I'm going. Like it's a problem now, but I know I need to go through these issues, these problems to get to where I need to get to. Like, I, I can't say enough, like, how huge it is when you have those big goals and targets because those will get you through the days you don't want to get up. You don't want to go to the gym. You don't want to go to work. Like, those big reasons, and you write them down every day, every night. You're looking at them. You're putting tangible steps in place to get there. Things are going to happen. I mean, it happens every day to everybody. Um but knowing where you're going is such a big thing. And like, he's, he's got it. He knows where he's going. Um, you know, where he wants to get to, you know, and, and I, and I think it was a great combination of that course, like his upbringing. Um, and like I said, like when not taking anything away, if you don't have a family, um, I just, you know, being a father, like, and Caleb, you know, I don't know if Caleb's feeling this too, but it's just something when you have, like extra mouths to feed, right? And you have kids that are like looking up to you and like and like you you just can't fail. You don't you don't want them to see that cuz you want to show them like hey, there's another way to do this thing called life and let daddy or let mommy show you. Right? Um yeah, man. It's he had a great story, man. I can't I can't say enough. I can't say Super enough. cool, dude. Yeah. Um please write subscribe, leave a review. Um, yeah. Episode 92. We're closing in on a hundred. Hey, did you ever think we will last this long kill? Honestly, honestly, be honest. Um, I guess I honestly never crossed my mind. Oh, like you didn't have an end date in mind. No, I just was, you know, Every week, just whatever. We'll get on See, here. This is this is classic me, right? I, I'm never, <laughs> I'm never big picture. It's always like one month at a time, you know. One month, one, one my life, week, one month at a time. Oh man, that's funny. That's funny. Did I you? I I don't. I guess I didn't really know, you know, because cause you. I, it's funny how you always talk like that, but you, you got to remember, you pushed me. After I put this out there to you, I was like, yeah, I'm thinking about starting a podcast. And then you just would never let it go. 
like I just want everyone to hear that that Caleb's really the reason why this podcast started. And like once we got started, I was like, well, we're gonna run it and see how far we can go. <laughs> love Great. it, love it, love it, love it. Well, Caleb, you got anything? No, nah, man. All right. Well, everyone, see you next week, everybody. <laughs>